This week on the Unsigned Podcast, we have my good friend Joe Capicilli, the Associate Director of Brand Partnerships at Complex. He's been there for a number of years and has worked with super small artists just starting out and worked with some of the biggest artists in the music industry today. Also started out his career working at Fader, just a wealth of knowledge uh, about how brands and artists and managers can all coexist and how they should best work together. So super insightful interview for those of you who are looking to work with brands. This is a great one. Make sure to check it out. If you guys are looking for more information on Studio Talk, check us out at studiotalk.co. But for now, let's get into it. My name is Joe Capicelli. Joe Cap, I'm the Associate Director of Marketing and Brand Partnerships at Complex Media. Appreciate you being here. Obviously, we we go way back, but um, you know, for those of uh, those who don't know, uh, a little bit of background on you know how you got to New York and, and you're originally from Boston. So just tell us a little bit about how you got to Complex and and uh, and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, I went to Emerson College, studied media communications, worked at the radio station. Uh, so I'm originally from Boston, went to school there, got an internship at the Fader while I was still in Boston. They had a college rep program, uh, oh. doing a lot of street team stuff. Running around, putting posters up, um, you know, going to record stores, streetwear stores, handing out flyers, getting them to play music, doing listening parties. Uh, killed it out there. And my boss in New York was like, yo, if you come to, uh, if you come to New York, we'll give you an internship. I'll give you some paid opportunities. You can work in the nice. office. Like you've been killing it in Boston. So come to New York. Sure. That was like 2011. Um, so I moved here. Not much going on, so I just moved for an internship. Really, lived, right, in, right. lived in a little shoebox in yep. Williamsburg, uh, and worked parties for them, and did street team stuff here. And from there, they gave me a job um, after about six months, eight months. Gave me like a full time job uh, working for their farm team. This was their. It's called the field activation research marketing. It was. Ba- Basically, like field marketing. And then from there, uh, I did that for about a year. Um, my homie was interviewing at Complex. He was like, yo, you should go over there. Like the street team stuff's like not going to last. Uh, you should go digital. So I was like, yeah, I should. And, <laughs> and I did. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But that's dope. I mean, they kind of gave you that layup to be like, hey. Yeah, he was a mentor of mine. So right, right. he was looking out for me. Like the salary <laughs> wasn't on his level, but it was like twice as much as I was making. Right, right. So he was like, yo, this is the next move. Quality <laughs> conversation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. like, yo, take this and run with it. So, nice. Nice. Yeah. Dope. So in your time, you know, at Fader, you know, before you got to Complex, because that Complex is kind of like what seems to have made, uh, you know, where you've made that real change in like growth and, and grown into a real career. Um, kind of before that, what were like some the biggest takeaways that you learned at Fader, like when you were, when you really had to kind of grind it out, like what, what are some of those key lessons that you still think about today? Yeah. I mean, any, I took any opportunity that was given to me. I just worked harder than all the other interns pretty much. And all the other like street team people, I was staying up all all night doing shit, you know, doing twice as much work as everybody pretty much. And just trying to meet everybody in the building too, you know, um, just get a good rapport around the office work all the events, go to the, go to the events that they were doing, just right. kind of trying to be present. Yeah. Um, but the opportunity thing for sure, uh, just putting myself in front of the right people. Yeah. 
So. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a big thing that we've heard from everybody thus far is like it, there's there's really no like magic pill. It's no. like just gotta grind. You it just out. you just have to work at whatever it is. You know what I mean? Whether it's like you're making your records, you're shooting your videos, or like you know you're you're on the business side of things. It's like it you're going to be tested over and over again, and it's really just about like getting knocked People down. Fall and, out of love with that process, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, yeah, I mean, it's easy to fall out of love with it because there's you take a lot of knocks and a lot yeah, of L's. You're yeah, not making yeah, a lot yeah. of money. You're doing a lot of shit for free. Yeah. Um, so you kind of got to humble yourself a little bit, yeah. especially if you're a musician or you're an artist. You might not want to do that, which is kind of difficult to kind of come to that realization, like do some shit for free or like do stuff you don't want to do just to get ahead a little right. bit. Yeah. Um, it might feel like an L, but like ultimately it's not. Uh, kind of to that point, I'd like to ask you a question. What's was your favorite failure as you were working up? Like, what's one thing that you look back on and you're just like, you hated it in the moment because, like, it, it stings to be damned. Yeah, yeah. But you look back now and you're like, that was a teachable moment. Like, that was definitely a leveling up moment. Yeah, absolutely. I was an intern at a at a clothing company back in Boston called um, I don't even know if I should say their name, but it, it, it's it, up they, to you. They, go for they, it. they were they were underneath Karma Loop, and gotcha. I, did, I did some good work for them for about two years. I go out to Magic. I was like a marketing associate for them. Okay. Um, and then I graduated college and I asked them for a job like, yo, can you just pay me some like entry level salary? And they fired me. Uh, and I thought I'd do really, really good work for them. I thought that they were going to like try. It was to, a no brainer. It was me. like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it kind of hit me kind of hard. And the way that it was done, like I just felt like it wasn't done in the most solid way. Because right. I was cool with these dudes and I was putting in my time working for free for them for like two years. Uh, but I, it, it humbled me because I thought I was the shit. I thought I was doing everything right. I thought yeah. I deserved and was like a little entitled. When I look back on it, it was like a learning experience. Thinking that I deserved it, like, you know, it probably wasn't the best. Right. You go in knowing that have. it's a layup, like you, it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to bring you on board. Maybe yeah. not understanding how headcount works exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was young. I just graduated college. I had no idea how much money I deserved to make. Right. I was just like, I need a job. You just that you're that honestly, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that kind of pushed me to move to New York. Like, right. after that happened, I was like, yeah, I just got to make this move. I was 26, yeah. 27. Um, I was like, yo, by the time I'm 30, I don't want to be in Boston anymore. I want to in New York or LA, right. like full time mm -hmm. doing my thing. So it kind of pushed me to make that, that transition. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's such a big takeaway that, a, that a lot of people, um, don't necessarily think about. It's like reviewing, you know, taking stock of like your own, uh, mistakes, like tech, taking a step back and be like, okay, what could I, what did I do wrong here? What could I have done better here going forward? Right. And it sounds like that was that moment for you. It was like, all right, humble, humble myself a little bit. Um, but then like take that going forward. So it's like, you know how to articulate that conversation next time it comes back around. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I've had to have the same conversation with people that have been on my team in the right, past few right, years right. that are, those are challenging <laughs> conversations. You know, I'm, I'm a manager. I'm a, you know, I, have a team under me and right. sometimes doesn't shit work doesn't out. go yeah. right and you got to have like an honest conversation with people and it's not easy but it's, it's business and it's also good too because then you've been on the other side of that and there's like that level of empathy where you're like okay you know how to handle that conversation from both sides now yeah i try to be a man of the people i hate being the bad guy so it's tough being in that position right for, for right, me right. at least yeah, i'm yeah. still learning how to how to you know be a leader and right i like mentoring i like coaching people and kind of showing people the ropes but uh 
Yeah, it's tough. So yeah, it's, it's, it's tough a, having that conversation. Yeah. Well, appreciate you being here. One of the big things that we wanted to talk about is is definitely brand partnerships. Complex is huge in this space. You know, it's something that every up and coming act that's paying attention, whether it's Complex or any other media brand, they're like, "Yo, how can I be? Uh, how can I work with this media company that's tight with all these brands, or how can I work with an ad agency that's connected with all these brands? Like, my shit is dope. I, I want a sponsorship deal. It's it's not always that simple. It's not like, yo, your music is dope and you have a, a, a cool look. There's so many other things that go into that. So, you know, when, you know, just kind of starting off kind of super baseline, like when is an artist ready for a brand partnership? What are some of the like cornerstone things that they need to have going on? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, a- any artist can have a brand partnership. You don't have to be like the biggest, most established uh, artist to get a partnership. I think if you just have an authentic product, you know, your your look is right. You have a little bit of an audience. You don't even need to have the craziest social following. You got to have a niche. You got to do something that a brand wants. A lot of these brands nowadays want to capitalize on like emerging talent and get in with people that like aren't popping yet. Um, so yeah, you just got to have an authentic product. Like, and when I say product, like a song or, you know, if you're a video or designer, yeah, right. it, it can be anything really. And what does, I mean, I, I think that you touched on a very big point here in, in authenticity. And yeah. I think artists just, they think as, as long as they're telling a story that's true to them, they equate that with authenticity. And they might not necessarily think that there's, they might not see their transparency on socials or see how their transparency just in general, as far as their brand goes, lends to the authenticity. What does sure. authenticity mean to you and what should artists be considering when they think about authenticity as it relates to them? Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a tough question. I think a lot of people surround themselves with yes men and people that they only roll with their their homies that tell them that they're the best or, or whatnot. So I think you got to get your music in front of people and get honest feedback from people and, you know, kind of go through your timeline and read your comments and understand like what, you know, what you're doing online and understanding like, you know, what your brand is really. Um, but yeah, authenticity is just, just being real yourself. Like, especially in, in rap music and hip hop music, right. like consumers and listeners nowadays can, can see right through. Real, like, right. Right. Shit. real. So yeah. Is there one thing that you can kind of point to on sniffing out inauthenticity? Yeah. I just think, being un- uncertain of yourself and not having mm-hmm. this like I-, I don't know what the word is that the it factor you know mm-hmm. like that kind of just pops out uh, off the off the screen yeah. out, out of the out of the speakers but um, yeah that it factor is tough to to know if you even have that but. You know, I, I think it's also like a confidence piece, to be honest. Right. It's like being yeah. confident, like, you know, we talked to a bunch of people. Uh, ha- that has got to be the foundation. Like who you are as an artist is, is kind of a big thing that can yeah. help. And that with doesn't that. mean you're not vulnerable. Right. Mm-hmm. There abs- is, it's, right. Like you said, it's the shakiness. It's yeah. like you can be loud and wrong. And I will take that nine times out of eight over somebody who's uncertain and isn't willing to either ask right, for right, that certainty right, right. or they're un- but they're uncertain and they're just like shaky in that yeah, uncertainty. Yeah, you touched on a good point though. Vulnerability can be a good thing for artists. Like Absolutely. that kind of shows like your heart on your shoulders or like you're, you're kind of true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So That's transparency. You might still be figuring out what your voice is and what your sound is. Like as long as you're doing it in a way where you're learning, you're growing, you're working with different musicians, different producers, different people that will help you kind of progress – 
that can be a good thing. Yeah. It might not sound good. And you might <laughs> right, be like, right. damn, that country song I did was whack. But <laughs> then Billy Ray Cyrus gets on the, the hook <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's fire. Like, and the shit goes Record viral, so. of the decade. Yo, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's just – we can get into the whole marketing discussion around that track. You got to be able to take risks. You got to, you know, ha- be in tune with your, your emotions and your feelings yeah. and – have an understanding about about all that because the downside to being inauthentic is like it just won't pan out in the long run like at some point yeah. you're either going to be say say you know things do take off because you're portraying this certain image like at some point mentally and emotionally in the long run like that's not going to work out cuz it's just not going to be fulfilling cuz you know that it's not you yeah, and what I you mean, want these brands out here will go for these guys that you know, they might be pop stars. They might just be social media influencers. They don't even do anything. And like, that's their brand. And I guess there's like a little bit of authenticity in that and you can get your bag. But like for musicians, like the music is the quality of the music is always going to shine through. So yep. your products just got to be like fire. It's got to yeah. be better than everybody else's. And the, the authentic part just lends itself to the brand partnership, right? They want to work with people that are confident. Oh, you're confident in your brand? Like, well, we're confident in our brand. Well, the brands so, that know guess. what they're doing right, right. and the agencies that work with them that know what they're doing – you would expect them to do that, but a lot of the times in the game, it, it doesn't work out like that. That's why you need a strong team of people behind you. Yeah. That's why you got to work with partners that understand the culture or the industry, whatever you're you're selling. Like that's that's super important because there's a lot of like middlemen and and people that get in the way of of the end result. So if you have a brand partnership, you might think in your head it's going to be dope, but then there's so many people with their hands in it and a lot of approvals and a lot of like brand guardrails that you need to adhere to that. You might be like, oh, shit, it like, didn't come out the way that I wanted. You got to like understand that going into it. I think that's a perfect segue into the to the next question here just about like, you know, once an artist or a band, you know, starts to make a little bit of noise um, and they're looking to start partnering with brands, like, is it better for them to reach out to the brand or, you know, should they wait to make sure that, right. I mean, I think it should be both. Your team should always be grounded for you putting opportunities in front of you. That's like what your manager, your PR team, like that's their responsibility really. Um, But the good brands and the good like agencies knows, know who, is next or who would be good for a project so they'll reach out to your team or your you know your representation typically but shit sometimes we'll slide into people's dms and be like hey we got this project yeah. for you and right. don't be afraid to raise your hand around it too like if there's yeah. something that you're very much interested in like it, it goes farther oh i take oh, I meetings yeah i take meetings yeah. all the time just with artists just you know blanket introductory meetings and i'm like yo like what are your interests are you like into racquetball or like because I might have a client that <laughs> yeah. needs a racquetball <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like and knowing those like kind of fun facts and those interests is very very helpful when brands come along because we work with all different types of brands yeah. across all different verticals verticals and categories like so we need all that information. We work with a great talent team and an influencer yeah. team that kind of understand the market. And- I mean, I think it again goes back to being authentic, right? If you are a fucking racquetball player, like you should be weaving that into your story to like open yourself up to those opportunities and be vulnerable, you know, be willing to be vulnerable about those things that other people may find weird. It's like, that's what's going to make you stick out. And that's what's going to help you in the long run and give you that confidence to be like, yo, this is me. And it makes sense to partner with this, this other company. Consumers and listeners want to know the story behind the artist. There should be like a unique kind of twist on it. Um, So it's always good to have a lot of different interests and like you said, kind of 
show it to people. Not saying that if you're like the dopest street rapper that you're going to go out like playing racquetball in your video. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, we kind of talked about when you should reach out, um, how you should be doing that. Your manager, you know, should be kind of taking those meetings or taking those calls, um, you know, and email, I'm sure is kind of mixed in with the, with the DM method that you were talking about for sure. Are there, uh, once they get, once they do reach out, like, and they do begin those conversations with a complex or a brand specifically, like what sort of materials should they have prepared for those meetings? A solid website, a solid social presence, like some type of like press kit or one sheet just on what they're doing or whatever the project that they're pushing is. So like usually we go out to artists on a project to project basis. So I got something for Puma or whatever, like this artist would be perfect for it and we'll go out to them. Um, But then other times artists, they have priority projects coming out or, you know, they're going on tour and they need opportunities to promote themselves. So their team will send out like, you know feeler blanket emails like oh we were going on tour and we want to get so and so some publicity can we come do a show you got any projects for us so it can kind of go both ways um but yeah that's usually how it goes got you so like uh, a pitch deck is obviously something that's talked a lot about in advertising and uh marketing um i think you know just kind of curious your thoughts on that you know, having that as a, as a piece, I mean, I think you alluded to it just there, but like for explain a little bit about what a pitch deck is for those who don't know and like how it can be beneficial to, to actually uh, show the value to the brand, right? Because the goal is to make it easy for the brands to say yes. Right. So if you are pitching people, like you want to have your materials ready to go. So like in a pitch deck, what, what should they have in there? Um, you well, know, to help that. I mean, my perspective is a little different because I work at a publisher and we pitch brands. Right, right, so right. So we create the decks that include the talent and we're pitching a, a comprehensive idea for a brand to partner with us on. So it's not just the talent. Right. There's, you know, content, there's social media, there could be an event. You're presenting the full ecosystem it. around. Yeah. So we're right. showing them the whole deal and we're selling it for a lot of money and they're kind of buying into that. And I work at a company that has a huge reach and, big audience so brands just want that automatically and that obviously our voice is is authentic to the culture too so they want that um but if you're an actual artist and you have a project coming out or you need a sponsor for a tour or an event or whatnot yeah your pitch deck needs to be clean it needs to have some like really dope high-res imagery it needs to have links out to your work it should have like really kind of succinct concise uh bio yeah it should have all your socials on there like it, it, it should be clean and simple though and Self-explanatory. It shouldn't be too much writing on the page. Right, like, right. Maybe a couple your portfolio in physical form. Like it, it's your website. It's your Instagram. It's like yeah, your, your visuals got to be tight though. Nowadays, yeah. like your videos and your photos and your your social media has got to be all cohesive. Like yep. this shit. Like I want the whole creative package. And I want that shit to be tight when I'm right. looking at it. Or 100%. else I'm like, uh, it just doesn't look like. Doesn't look right. If right. it's not clear in that presen- in whatever the presentation is that's presented it's to you, it's off. never going to be yeah. clear when you present it to a brand. Like, yeah, it's right. usually so, a turnoff, but then yeah. maybe you you tap an artist that's like not yet established and you hear the music and you're like, fuck, this dude right. is dope. Like once he gets his shit together, it's going to be – you know, yeah, really yeah, I think the big takeaway there is like just making sure the story is right too. Yeah. Like all your work looks dope, but like you need a filler slide here, there that connects. There's, there's why is this story. brand going to – why do you want to work with this brand? And, and to your point about you know uh, people reaching out for tour opportunities, I think uh, something that artists – 
tend to miss out on uh, is going for those smaller local brands that may be in their hood um, because they're like, oh, I got to be on complex because uh, if I get on complex or if I, I'm working with a, a brand like Puma, my shit's going to go crazy. But it's like you kind of need to look at it from the other side. What value are you providing Puma? Like if your socials aren't popping, like – that's too high for you to aim. Like you're not adding any value to the situation. So it's really about besides a, your handout for money. Ex- exactly. Yeah. So like, do you think it's also uh, wise for people to just like start looking at those mom and pop shops, those t-shirt brands that may be in your area that are like, okay, this is a little bit of a, uh, of an easier uh, get. And also like easier for me to like build out that, that pitch. Deck. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm all about supporting local businesses because that's where I came from putting posters up and like sneaker stores. And right, shit, right, and right build the culture locally where I was from in Boston, it like wasn't really ever popping um, up until, you know, I don't know, early 2000s or whatnot right. with that scene with the, you know, kind of popular hip hop scene. So yeah, definitely, you know, partnering with the local Maybe not even, I was going to say, and and I don't necessarily mean local, like in your uh, community. It could just be small businesses because of the internet. Yeah, small businesses. As long as like the idea makes sense and the alignment makes sense and it's cool, like, yeah, because that kind of shows, you know, people like myself, they get these pitch decks and got to read them. Like, oh, you guys have relationships in the past. Yeah. You've done this. What what did you do with this brand? Oh, so you understand how it works to work with the brand. So. The brand's got to approve things or yeah. certain, you know, like I said, guardrails that you can't do. You can't curse in the video. Right. They just kind of have the knowledge already, hopefully. In your time, what's been the best example you've seen of an up-and-coming artist partnering with a brand? It could be something that you worked on or just something you saw where you saw it and you're like, you know what? That's brilliant. Or that's like – that's the synergy that I might not have – Yeah, you know. yeah. No, that's a good question. Um so I work a lot. I'll, I'll use examples just from my own personal sure. history. I work a lot with Puma currently, and they work with really large kind of global tiered artists like The Weeknd and Big Sean, but they also support fairly emerging artists, not only in the music space. And, you know, we align them with he's, – he's, he's a photographer. He's not a musician, but, you know, the story correlates – um, with this guy, Visuals by Pierre. He's a, a street photographer. Shout out and, to Pierre. He's yeah, my neighbor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's a great dude. But cool the, dude. The, the product and alignment makes sense because, you know, the sneaker was uh, a, like a photography collaboration. Um, it was it was for this drop, the optics drop for Puma last year. So we were like, yo, let's get a street photographer. He had these events that he was doing like photo walks. So we laced all his models and like himself during the photo walk. Then they had an event at the end of the photo walk that Puma sponsored. Um, and he was just super hype about the partnership yeah. and was like all about it. Like we gave him a bag to do it. Not a huge one, but right. we gave him a bag, but he was going above and beyond right. because it made sense. When there is that true synergy with that, like it permeates. Like, so yeah. you see it throughout the work and it doesn't feel forced. And he it's was not- like, damn, I want to do more for y'all. Like, right. what else can I do? Like, I, they they, I, they, yeah. they keep hitting me up. Him, him and his team are great. Like, I, I love what they do. Like, the quality of the work is great. Uh, but the partnerships usually make sense too, and they were they were good to work with. Yeah, so. I was going to say, I think the big thing there is like the value. He went above and beyond because he was like – you guys might not be paying me for this, but like, I know this other thing that's going to make this whole project better. And yeah. so he's, that's like an investment in himself where he's us, like, cause we, yeah. we contracted him just to do a video, right. some photos and stuff. And he was like, yo, I actually got these photo walks and I got these different models. Like we should put them in Puma gear. I got a hundred kids and then I got all these social media followers. They're going to be taking photos of the models. So it was just this kind of nice, oh. uh, 
partnership. Let me ask a question this way. Um, how important do you think it is for up and coming artists to pay attention to, you know, bigger brand partnerships? Like, is there, how should they be looking at those so that they can like extract value from that for their own personal shit to be like, all right, cool, man. Like I could remix this in, in some smaller way to. Yeah. I mean, I think that they should kind of stay hip to what doesn't work and like what is yeah, corny and yeah, like yeah, what yeah, doesn't yeah. feel right yep. and to and not ever do that <laughs> so that, that's super important um it's hard though you kind of got to just take risks try to try to work with the brands that want to fuck with you too like yeah. that that's important like to kind of feel wanted by a brand and uh even if they might not be you know the jordans or the nikes right or whatever, right right like Puma is still cool. Like yeah. they're making a lot of moves in the industry right now, and they will pay you money that you can buy Jordans and Nikes. With. Yeah, <laughs> after the exclusivity is yeah. up. right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, what do you, if you had just a handful of tips or tidbits or just any advice that you would offer artists that are looking to partner with a brand? What would you just kind of like some initial signposts? What would you offer them? Um, Take take any opportunity, take any meeting, take any call, take any opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like like hear the brand out. Don't you be might not. To yeah, you might not think that it makes sense, but like being in those meetings with those marketing people or whatnot, you just kind of learn how they talk. Yeah. You learn how the meetings go. Um, so that might help you down the road. Straight that's, up practice, that's super important. Yeah, it's practice. Like- I mean, surround yourself with the solid team that's done work in the space before. That's that's very important. Um, hone your craft, like your shit better be hot. Like, I mean, obviously, you're not probably not going to be talking to a lot of brands if it's not, but, um, you know, high quality product is yeah. really good work, work on the craft. Um, yeah, I mean, authenticity. I think <laughs> we go back yeah. to that every yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, that, that's really where it's at because it's just like we've been talking to people about like buying followers and likes and streams and shit. And it's like at the end of the day, like people sniff that out. Brands sniff that Especially out. It's like once Instagram starts to purge your shit. Yeah, yeah. You drop like yeah. 20,000 followers. Yeah. So it's like it's not even worth your time doing that. Like you're better spent – uh, you know, putting the time and energy and effort into being authentic, being true to yourself and, you know, uh, making those things pop because there is a brand that will fuck with you. You know what I mean? And, and so many different levels. So yeah, 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 absolutely, man. I mean, any, uh, any parting words before we get out of here? Any, anything that, um, you know, you, you kind of want to touch on? Damn, that's it, man. You guys are kicking me out that quick. No, I was, was crazy. I, I was just thinking, no, I, I looked at him too, and I was I'm like, authentically don't want you around. Yeah, right? no, get the hell out of here. <laughs> well, um, I was like, oh shit, we kind of answered like two of these questions and like a whole really shit. Thorough, yeah. yeah, I was nah, like, I mean, oh, fuck. Everything at Complex is, is going great. We got two Complex cons this year, so we're going to be working with a ton of brands in Chicago. Ton of brands in Long Beach again. Oh, so it's you are f- doing one separate from United. Yeah, we're doing, doing two separate ones. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. so Chicago uh, in July, November is Long Beach again for the third year. But the Chicago one's going to be super interesting. Yeah, we have like a community involvement effort going on. So we're thinking about the future um, of the industry, the future of kind of like consumer culture a yeah. little bit. Um, so yeah, super exciting. Chicago is an amazing city, especially in the summer. So yeah. we're, we're expecting it to be really, really dope. Nice. Um, that's going to be yeah. this summer? Like yeah. Coming yeah. up in a couple months? Yeah, okay, that's in, in July. I think we're like three months out. So we're in, in grind mode right now, but you know, tons of brands are getting involved in these things and a lot of kids are coming out and interacting with these brands. It's really important just to be there. Um, or n- not even just that, you know, music festivals, any type of, um, 
you know, South by Southwest and Coachella and these places are great for artists to go and just see. Experience what works yeah, and what doesn't. I mean, yeah. There's so much branding at all. These are super commercial, like yeah. festival culture is super big now. And you see the practical um, application. Like it's not just you seeing yeah. the highlights on your time like you're seeing in real time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. I, I, I was working South by Southwest and the Fader Fort, you know, maybe eight years ago or something like that. And seeing how brands and, and young artists kind of interacted with everything then to where it is now. It's, it's crazy. I mean, I remember when it was kind of small and then the next year it was like this giant Doritos vending machines. Yeah. 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 That was like the most elaborate, crazy, ridiculous. I don't know if it was Doritos or Taco Bell, but it was, it was fucking wild. Yeah. Um, I think it was Doritos. And I think Lady Gaga came in there and performed. <laughs> you know, so it was just, crazy. yeah, it went like yeah. crazy. I mean, crazy. I think the fader did a really good job with their partnerships. Yeah. Um, you know, Converse and Budweiser, um, two of the ones off the top of my head, but, they're very authentic with their with their kind of you know their branded content as well as is, is usually pretty good. So I think that we're doing a great thing at Complex with ComplexCon. Yeah, um, I think it's super important. I mean, you guys are so to touch the space, but also to have a place that that young people can yeah, go. Yeah, that, that's what I was gonna say. They can buy stuff, but yep. they can just also interact with the culture. Because you guys are such a big online presence that it's it's good to see it like in the real world where you're like actually bringing people together. That it's like get the young people from behind their screens. <laughs> yeah, for real, it's, it's like wild. yo, come out and been? Like, I, I haven't been yet. I haven't been yet. I mean, you, you told you, you told me stories about it, and it's I mean, I've seen it's it. Like on the there, internet but... exploded yeah. inside of a convention. It really is <laughs> yeah. intense. And then there's like weed smoke everywhere, too, so it's like just amplifies. Yeah. Oh, the, the, nah, those trucks know where to be at. It's yeah. dope. It's just like an open environment. You know, there's no, there's no drama. Yeah. There's music. There's art. There's food. There's drama. There's br- if you're trying to cop a certain thing, <laughs> there's drama. If you're trying to get those trying to get a particular diamond chunks and whatnot. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if absolutely. you're one of those sneakerheads, yeah, I guess there's a little bit. But there, there are lines <laughs> at the various booths. That's also hype culture. Like that's 100%. a big part of it. A lot of these 100%. brands yeah. try to fabricate that on purpose. Like. You know, they They'll say only they have print a two amount. shirts or yeah, only put exactly. two shirts up for sale. And so they're sold out. You kind of want your booth to like go get shut down and because 100%. the word spreads. Right, like right. we had a partnership with, with 1800 Tequila last year. They were like the main sponsor of the art zone and we aligned them with like a street artist. This, this guy, Adam Lucas, he goes by Hanksy. He's a really dope street artist here in New York and, uh, Nikki Diamonds and they came together and did this, uh, like customizable, uh, vintage denim jacket okay. that consumers could win and customize. But Nikki was putting out a, a dunk that week. He was like re-releasing yeah, yeah, the yeah. Tiffany dunks or like some new dunks. Uh-huh. And they were like super fire, like super limited. And everybody wanted them. And his booth got shut down by the cops. So just the fact that his name was ringing like throughout the entire convention center, mad people came to the 1800 booth yeah, to like get yeah. the jack because his name was just buzzing. It was that and the brand right. was loving that. Oh, my right, God. 1800 right. was like – it was kind of just like this – it could only happen there in that moment. Yeah, like, like that we space. couldn't have predicted that to right, happen. Right, but uh, but it but did, and the brand was like really into it. it. Yeah, it boils over. Yeah, yeah, you know? absolutely for sure. Um, and where can people find you if they're looking for you? If they want to get in touch, or if they just want to kind of follow your musings and your moments? Yeah, absolutely. Social media is at the Kid Capo. Uh, so T H E K I D C A P O. That's on Instagram and Twitter. There it is. Uh, and then the website with like portfolio of my work and whatnot. Or if you're trying to hire me, hey, um, it's Joe Cap. So J O E dash C A P dot com. Um, 
Yeah, appreciate you guys. Yeah, man, thank appreciate you, bro. You, man. Appreciate for coming it. Up.